the legendary Joey Skidmore, DaleWileyShow.com. So am I now talking to famous rocker from the Springfield area, Joey Skidmore? Glad to be here. <laughs> okay, well, first of all, tell me about how you first started liking music. Um, say that one more time. Well, how did you first start liking music? Oh, man. I started buying records when I was really young, like in grade school. And, uh, of course, I didn't have any money, so I had to, you know, get my parents to buy me a 45 or a album or something like that. But uh, I grew up, you know, when AM radio was, was still big. And, right. Uh, I just remember we had a little blue radio, and I had a old console stereo that my parents had given me, and I think only one speaker worked on it. So, <laughs> you know, the the when the when the record when the records were in stereo, I'm sure they must not have sounded too great. But I where, appreciate where, you. Where did you grow up? I I well, I was born in Baltimore, but I grew up okay. in Springfield, Missouri. Tell me about that. How'd you get from Baltimore to Springfield? Um, my dad moved around. My family moved around a lot when I was little, and and uh, I went from Baltimore to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, to <laughs> yeah. Springfield, Missouri. Really? Yeah, yeah, and and Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa was was pretty wild because it was you know in the middle of. Uh, the civil rights fight right. and everything, yes. and I was just a child, but but I I still remember it, you know, really right. well. And well, uh, my dad got a job at MSU. Oh. And Before then I was. MSU, I was clearly S M S U at that time. Yes, S. It, it wasn't even <laughs> S. It wasn't even S M S U. It was S M S. At oh yeah. It wasn't even a university. It was just uh, right. Southwest college. Missouri State. Yes. And, and so what did he do? Well, he he was um, he was actually chair of the Department of Political Science. Wow. There at SMS. and but uh, I lived there in Springfield until '89, and I I moved to Kansas City, and that's right. that's where I live now. Okay, well, let's talk about how did you first meet Lou Whitney and Joe Terry and all those guys? Well, <laughs> I, I did my my first record, and it's this kind of weird metal punk four-song EP called Stop the Nukes. Right. And I, it was just total do-it-yourself DIY. And, uh, sure. And it's... it's Really, you know, looking at it and listening to it, it's also crudely done, but it's it's kind of it, it's kind of a collector's item, and it's made it on some lists of like the worst records of worst records of all time, or the weirdest <laughs> weirdest records of all time, and so forth. And so I did that back. I think it actually was pressed the end of 1980. Okay, and that's when. I think they were still called the skeletons, right? Or then. even symptoms, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, it went from symptoms, <laughs> symptoms to skeletons. 
skeletons tomorrow, right. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then back back to the uh, yes. skeletons. Exactly, and then back to the morales after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> something like that. But uh, yes, I I just approached Luke Whitney and asked if he could help me out with some, you know, radio stations and stuff to send it to, and right. he, he was really accommodating. And uh, so I went over to their house, Lou and Mary Lee, and right. he just pulled out this big box full of, of mail that he was getting from, you know, fanzines, college radio, journalists, sure. all this stuff. And right. he shared all this information with me. And and I didn't have any record mailers or anything, so I'd just sit on my living room floor with a, with a, like a bread knife and cut. I'd get these big sheets of cardboard from work. And I'd right. sit there and cut them with a knife and duct tape them all together and start mailing these records out. And wow. uh, so that was that was when I first you know got started. Right. Because actually, when I talked to Joe Terry, he talked about being on your first record, is that right? Or something out there. He he talked about what? No, I'm sorry. Well, being on your record, your first. Record. Oh yeah, he played on. He played on every record. He played on every track that I ever did in the studio up until up until recently. I'm kind of working on a new project, but he he played on "Stop the Nukes." He played on "Second Chance." Played on the "Word Is Out" album. Welcome to Humansville. The French uh, French Joey Skidmore album. Right. Um, Played on Bent, played on, uh, oh, my God, it was after that. <laughs> I'm starting to, uh, he played on Joey Skidmore Now. He, uh, I mean, he played on every every single track, too. I yeah. mean, we must have done 60, 70 songs together. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm working on something new now with, Tony Valentino of the Standells, the guy that oh wow, the, the guy that did Dirty Water and right, right. on right on Sunset Strip sure. and uh, so I, I I have this nuclear banana project I'm working on with him and um, Alon Portnoy the guitarist from the Fuzz Tones and wow. um, a bunch of other people and we just dropped the first digital single from that called Scooter Girl. And I was up, I was up all night trying to finish the video for it. And uh, but it, it, there is a digital single. It's just under released as Tony Valentino and Joey Skidmore, Scooter Girl. Oh, wow! And the the uh, video should be, you know, dropping pretty pretty soon too. And so let's go back to what it was like to be with Lou in the studio. Well, usually he uh, he could be kind of moody and he could get kind of I, I, I think he'd kind of lose his temper with me sometimes, but <laughs> okay. but he was really uh, when he'd start getting going and really be into what we were doing. He he was right. I I don't I don't think uh, there's ever been a I think he's like. 
when he's on top of his game, I think he was the funniest man alive. I, I really, sure I I don't think I've ever met anybody who was quicker, wittier, funnier. Yeah. And give me a couple loo lines. Tell oh my God, <laughs> he'd be like a, that. That bass player busier than a one one arm paper hanger, <laughs> or something like that. You know. Yeah. Like, all the time. I, I mean, God, he was the king of the one-liners. Right. He sure was. And uh, I actually think about Lou a lot. I really do. I, I, I miss him. And yes. I don't get down to Springfield very often, but when I do, I'm just like, it's kind of like the city isn't really the same without him. Right. I totally agree with that. And so... What what other Springfield musicians really spoke to you and played into your life? Uh, Jim Wonderly was was a big deal, and well, great. Uh, he was he was, and he could be kind of snarky and sarcastic and all that. But uh, we got to be pretty good friends in later years, and he uh, he he just had such a, a a ballsy brash style that right. yeah I really I really loved Jim and yes. Bill I went to high school with Bill Brown and he was okay. an amazing an amazing talent and uh, right. when he and Don Ship died in the fire it was I, yes it was just it was really a shock to to everybody it and, sure was uh, Lloyd Hicks God he was it, so I, good. I, I know it's just like all these, all these just legendary musicians really? from Springfield are, are you know a lot of them are gone. Yes, I know. Uh, it's really hard to believe. <laughs> it really is, especially when so many of them were alive and so vibrant just years ago. And so, oh, tell me about. Your new stuff. Tell me about the Springfield now with these big musicians. Well, I've got uh, I have half an album done. Okay. And I've been recording at uh, Eric Amble's Cowboy Technical Services in New York. Really? Yeah, yeah. So Roscoe Eric Amble, <laughs> yes, he he plays on it, and the original guitarist. For the fuzz tones, Alon Portnoy right. plays on it, uh, and uh, Tony Valentino of the Standells, the yes. guy that kind of pretty much invented the fuzz guitar. He didn't invent it, but he, <laughs> right. he, he's like the master of the fuzz guitar, right. and he uh, he he plays on it, and we collaborated on a bunch of new songs for it. Right, I do some covers on there too, but. Uh, uh-huh. I'm doing most most of the lead vocals, and I don't know if he really realizes what a good singer he is, but uh, he's a great singer. I I know, and he he sounds a lot like to me like Nicky Sutton or Bob Dylan or, or right. somebody like that. So he has this kind of you know kind of gravelly, sure. passionate voice, but. Right. Uh, we we did a couple of old uh, Sandell's songs, and uh, um, we were getting ready to go out and do a bunch of a bunch of stuff, and then COVID hit, 
unfortunately. But uh, he lives out in L.A. It's a year, definitely. Oh, man. (laughs) And we have this French drummer, Pascal. uh, His stage name is Mango Manga. Excuse me, Manga. And uh, he he lives in Paris, and Tony's out in L.A., and... uh, Roscoe's in New York, and I'm in Kansas City, so right. we've just been, you know, converging. That's, <laughs> quite, a, that's quite a number, quite a quite a variety of people, definitely. Yeah, it kind of reminds me back in like 2003, I uh, was where, oh, I was an album, I forgot, Ventriloquist Stall, okay. and I recorded part of it. At, I recorded most of it at Lou Whitney's studio, but we right. recorded some of it in uh, Leamington Spa, which is about an hour out of London. Okay. And some of the basic tracks, Pascal came in from Paris, Nicky, he came in from Berlin, uh, Mike Costello and I came in from Kansas, you know, Kansas City, and it's it's kind of that same sort of... <laughs> international collaboration <laughs> that's quite a group though that's quite a group entirely but it, it, it seems like and i used to uh people used to say well, why don't you record in town you know in kansas city it's so much cheaper than driving down to springfield or flying to new york or something like that and i'm like uh, yeah but when i'm in kansas city you know the Uh, it's like they're constant interruptions and you know the phone will be ringing the cat will be jumping on my head the the dog will be barking (laughs) the kids will be right you know running in and interrupting me and everything and when when you go out of town and work you can just really focus on 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 nothing but but the work and uh to me that Back after a minute, DaleWileyShow.com. Do you love music? Do you know about the musical map of Missouri? Dallas Wayne, Chuck Berry, Dave Alvin, Robbie Folks, The Skeletons, The Ozark Mountain Daredevils, Uncle Tupelo, Wayne Carson, Nellie, Lou Whitney, Symptoms Morel, In City, Jeff City, St. Louis, St. Joe, Columbia, Buckle of the Bible Belt, the Studio on South Avenue in Springfield, 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 Missouri. Add the Missouri Music Podcast to your list of favorites. Lawyer, author, and Slewfoot Records label owner Dale Wiley takes you on a musical trip around Missouri while raising funds for Musical Map of Missouri, a nonprofit organization which will help ensure Missouri musicians affected by COVID-19. Visit MissouriMusicPodcast.com for more information. Tune in to the Missouri Music Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. More with Joey Skinmore. DaleWileyShow.com I mean, getting away to lose was an amazing thing for you, I imagine. Oh, I I, I loved it. And I mean, I, I grew up down there. When I when I started recording with Lou, he had that big, uh, or he, he had Column 1 Studios, which was right. way out. I can't even remember exactly where it was, but it was east, <laughs> east of Springfield. Right. And I think it was a former dentist's office. Yeah. And uh, 
and it, it kind of seemed like it was out in the country because there was this kind of wooded area out right. there, and they were just <laughs> developing it. And uh, he had the driveway, driveway of doom, which was really narrow if a man was trying to get a, a van in there or something. Right. And, and <laughs> it, it, you know, on either side, it was just sort of a ditch. Right. And, and he had uh, I can't remember the cat's name, but he had a cat that used to walk around on the mixing board and, right. and he hit the hit the wrong buttons from time to time. And he had re- his dog Red Dog out there, and all. Right. And he and he'd get people from you know New York and places in there and record, and, and oh, they yeah. they'd be looking around, and they I think they kind of liked the quaint country atmosphere, <laughs> yeah. you know. Definitely. Anyway, I remember I remember Lou saying like, "Yeah, I just need to get me a a goat, a goat and some chickens, and let them <laughs> run around out there just to add to the, you know, add to the atmosphere." Right. But uh, he uh, he did amazing work, amazing work, and he was just such a, an incredible personality to work with too. He sure was just. Had charm all day. Definitely did. Yeah, yeah. I uh, miss the guy a lot. Yeah, so. definitely. And so, um, tell me about Kansas City. What's it like to be up there? Well, I like it. You know, honestly, I just uh, I just got married, and uh, second time's the the charm, right? But uh, right, clearly, I just. Clearly. <laughs> I just got married, and so we've been in the process of moving and trying to fix up my old house. And uh, I've been been teaching college. You know, with COVID, though, a lot of a lot of my classes went online and all that, and right. it, it's been kind of a mess. But uh, um, my dad lives outside of Kansas City, and uh, you know, he's he's eighty. He'll be eighty-seven Christmas, and Right. Um, I have a couple of kids still at still at home, and right. um, they're growing up growing up fast. But yes, uh, they certainly are. Well, what are you teaching? What are you teaching? Oh, I, I I teach speech communication studies, uh, American literature, basically speech education and com studies. Right. And and the, I'm qualified to teach theater too, but uh, I'm not really doing that right now. Right. Uh, but one one thing I do, and we had to cancel this year because of the pandemic. But uh, I've been doing this the Skidorama Festival every year, Skidorama Garage Fest. Okay. And tell me about that. Well, it's kind of a uh, garage, kind of a psychedelic garage theme but we're not really limiting the artists to that but we'll we'll have three or four bands and we try to have somebody uh some really iconic band headline right each year uh we're going to have the french band like Fosfoya, which means the grave diggers okay <laughs> this year but ended up being canceled um last year the original Vanilla Fudge headlined. Wow. Uh, you just keep me hanging on and Season of the yep. Witch were 
and it's all the original guys except for the bass player, and they were great. Um, Mark well, Stein, the playing? keyboard player, is is playing on the Nuclear Banana Project too. Okay, well, what other bands have played there? Uh, the Shadows of Night did Gloria originally. Uh, right. Mitch Ryder of the Detroit Wheels, um, the Standells, Black wow. Oak, Arkansas. Wow, uh, that's very cool. Yeah, very and then, then a lot of, you know, more obscure bands, uh, the Cave Girls and uh, a band called the Garage Kings. Uh, let me look at Oh, we were going to have the Mysterians. Um, it was like the original Mysterians without question mark. Yes. Uh, and they they were scheduled one year, and they they had to cancel because of, of health health issues, unfortunately. Right. But uh, I talked to their guitarist Bobby occasionally, and he's really super nice guy, really good guy. Right. Well, but, I mean that's fun, and I'm sorry you had to cancel because it sounds like an amazing group of people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the year that uh, the Mysterians were, were supposed to play, we didn't have to cancel. When when they canceled, we got Mitch Ryder instead. Oh well, that's and, cool. Uh, yeah, and it was it was great because I got to play guitar with him, and and uh, um, and he he's a, a real interesting character. He's kind of been through the ringer and had his, all his ups and downs, and but man, I'll tell you what, nobody can. Since James Brown died, <laughs> I don't think there's anybody that can sing like Mitch Ryder. Really? Yeah, oh, he's still, he sounds incredible, you know. Wow. He, well, uh, any comparison James Brown is a good comparison. Of course, we worked with him, too. I know that, yeah. He, he hauled <laughs> that whole console down to, to Memphis and, sure stayed in, and stayed in his guest house. And in, in Georgia, yes. He, oh, was it Georgia? Okay, I was thinking Memphis. Yes, but he, he, he uh, I know he stayed in his guest house and he digitized. He went through and edited and digitized all his old master tapes and everything. Right. And uh, I, I, I was hoping Lou'd get me a James Brown autograph. But, uh, I agree. I totally agree. I, I think he'd had some kind of surgery or something, and he went up to. You know, wasn't up to meeting people, but uh, but still, you know, what a what a feather in your cap, you know. Well, definitely. But the the thing that I want to know is why are there not more people that know about Lou Whitney? I, I I know he uh, <laughs> he's still. I, I mean, I, hopefully he'll always be a cult uh, legend. Right. He he certainly. When he died, I went on uh, 90.1 KKFI in Kansas City and right. did a show about him with some other other musicians that had worked with him. And I, I took in a lot of albums that he either produced or, or played on, like right. the Dell Lords and Eric Amble, the Dell Lords, Jonathan yes. Richman, um, Charlie Burton and the Hiccups from Lincoln, Nebraska. Right. Uh I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but uh, oh, yes. I, I took them in, and, and the uh, DJ played some, not only morels and skeletons and stuff I'd recorded with Lou, but also just some of these other artists he'd 
right. worked with and produced and uh, Boxcar Willie. Yes, <laughs> Wilco. I mean, Sid Straw. So many people. I know. I I uh, I remember being in the studio, and I was I was you know pretty young guy, still kind of a kid, and being in there, I you know I was just kind of a hanger on, and uh, uh, my old boxcar Willie was in there doing some spoken word thing, you know. <laughs> okay. And the the rusty old engine rolled yeah. down the rails, or something <laughs> like that, you know. And yeah. I, I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> well, he kind of had a big, you know, that's one of those things that being in his, you know, his sphere brought a lot more people in there. He really had a big influence and gave a lot of business to Springfield. That's for sure. Oh, I know. I know. And uh, even like I used to stay, well, I, I, when I'd go into town, I'd stay at the, the Silver Saddle Motel until they yes. <laughs> closed that down. And then, then I'd stay at the best Route 66. The Rail Haven, yes. The Rail Haven, <laughs> best western, which, which is where I still stay when I go in town, by Absolutely. the way. Absolutely. Or sometimes I might crash my buddy Walt's house, but uh, usually I just get a room at the Rail Haven. And, and, uh, and then I, I'll have to go. I'll I always have to go to Mexican Villa yes. and get a burrito enchilada style. And then, then I always have to get some cashew chicken with fried rice before I leave. Definitely. That's a perfect trip to Springfield, I'll tell you that. I know it, right? <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for coming on here and spending some time with me, definitely. Man, my, my pleasure, my pleasure. Um, sorry, my allergies are kind of... Acting no, up. you're fine. You're wonderful. I'm okay, so well, it, it's really been a been a pleasure. Uh, yes. are, are we streaming live, or is it going to be? We're not live, but we'll do it. I'll have it up there later this afternoon. Wonderful. I'm so happy to have you on. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate thank it. You too. I just okay. really appreciate it. Okay. Talk okay. Bye bye. DaleWileyShow.com.